I don't normally do end of year recaps and year ahead stuff, but I think it's a good time to do it. Good afternoon, I'm Vince Lancey. It's 1 p.m. your time, and this is the Arcadia Economic Silver Fix. We're recording at 9.31 uh, Eastern time, so you can see the markets there, and that's what's going on in the markets. Quick reminder that this video will have included in it uh, a link to subscribe to the Gold Fix for, for Arcadia people only at 30% off. Okay, let's get to this. Here we are. I don't normally do end-of-year recaps and year-ahead stuff, but I think it's a good time to do it. Before we do that, quick look at the markets. Silver's down 23 cents, gold's down 25 cents. Now, that's bad, right? On a day-to-day -day basis. No, it's not. Aside from the fact that it's that it's uh, long-term good, right? Everybody talks about that. I'm going to tell you why it's good right now. If I'm right, the first half of this year will be marked with a big disinvestment on the gold side. There's not a lot of longs on the silver side. So you actually could see gold and silver drop and gold drop more. Or let's put it this way. The gold-silver ratio at 87 is lower today, which is a sign of stronger silver in a market that's being sold off. Now, is that good to have silver drop at all? No, it's not. But the point is, the metal's personality has changed. Gold is overbought and silver is oversold relative to each other. And it's overbought because the central banks have been buying it, but they're probably not going to be buying it for the first third, at least, of this year. And you're going to have a disinvestment cycle. And during that disinvestment cycle, gold will be unfairly hammered. Selling in gold gives opportunity in silver if you're a buyer. If you're not a buyer now, well, you might regret it come October. And we'll get into that. We'll get into that in a second. Okay, so there you go. There's the markets, right? Silver's down, gold's down more. And take a look at these charts for a second here. I love doing this shit. This is, uh, let me square this up. This is what gold did since October. I'm sorry, since October of 23, right? And this is what gold did since October of 24. Now, this is what silver did since October of 22. Uh, That's when uh, when India was the buyer. And this is what silver did this year. So, you know, this silver gets left behind compared to gold, but that's okay because we know why it's happening. And I'll tell you why it's okay in a minute. Okay, I don't normally do end of year, year ahead outlooks. That's for the, uh, for the uh, big boys, I guess. Uh, but I'm going to do a little bit of an overview for silver for the things that are on my radar for next year. Okay, so here's a silver 2024 overview, right? 2024, the year of three years. Uh, part two would be the BRICS style buying. Get some perspective on that. Uh, what is silver worth? That's going to be a quick look at how the bank traders look at silver's value. The remonetization remonetization of silver comes after gold. I've talked about that before. I'll give you an update on that. And China's stimulus is key for silver. That's entirely new. All right, so why don't we start at the beginning? 2024, the year of three years, or you can call it as beginning, middle, and end. January to July, I expect 
all markets, stocks included, although I can't be sure about stocks, to be soft sideways or lower. I think that because most markets are uh, overly romanticizing a Fed uh, rate cut of six rate cuts. And it's like 100 rate cuts in three months, you know, that type of stuff. And we're probably not going to get that. We're probably going to get no rate cuts and then one big rate cut of like 3%, knowing how these guys um, manage their risk. Anyway, between now and whenever that rate cut actually comes, I think markets are going to be punished for it. And I think gold and silver are going to be punished. Silver theoretically is punished more because it's economic. But, you know, I think there's a lot of gold disinvestment here. Second chapter, August to October. I think between August and October, uh, you're going to see uh, the, the rate cuts that you're going to have rate cuts in the second half of this year if you don't have them in the first half. OK, and if you have them in the first half, you won't have them in the second half. So January through July, if there's no rate cuts, we're going to need them. Well, if there's not enough rate cuts, let's put it that way. We're going to need them August to October. Um, August to October will also be as the BRICs start to prepare for the next summit, which I think is going to be even more important than last year. Remember this video come August and September when all the... Uh, salesmen are hyping uh their stories on youtube click because the bricks well you know we talked about it a year and a half before we talked about it up to and afterwards and we're talking about it again ahead of the curve they can play catch up uh when it suits their ad revenues okay third part of the year is november to 2025 that would be next year's this would be this year's buy season and that would be what i this is what i hope to flow january to july sideways to lower. We expect it. We know it's coming. We're not panicking. August to October, I want to see activity on the brick side. doesn't necessarily have to be buying. It has to be preparation. They have to get their payment chains in order. November to 2025, that will be how this news is digested. You know, this could be the year, I hate to use this phrase, but this could be the year of the reset. Uh, uh, and by that, I mean a public statement by the West acknowledging that the East has remonetized gold and is doing so uh, in a softer way to silver. So that's all in this video. Why BRICS gold and silver launch October 2024? Hartnett's known unknowns. And you know, we'll talk about that. But that's what led me to believe this. Number two, BRICS style buying. Okay, see the little blue rectangle there? That's the weekly chart going back. That's the blue rectangle is... is 2022 to 2023. Remember when India bought all that silver? Well, they bought it in this time frame here. And that's why silver just screamed higher. If you remember back then, the EFP was negative because someone was buying silver. Uh, uh, coin premiums were very high for multiple reasons, but someone was also buying silver. Um, and the third reason uh, was uh, the bricks were getting ready. Now, what does silver have to do with the bricks monetizing gold? That's that's the key to this. Uh, but for this section here, uh, I want you to understand that BRICS countries like India and Kazakhstan and China are like stackers. They buy dips. They don't buy rallies. Okay. They play with patience, not panic. Right. So buying metals is not the goal for them. Dollar independence is. So they have to do things. They have to buy metal. They have to divest, they have to sell dollars. They have to create payment chains. They have to create new um, 
contracts, new bilateral deals. So it's one piece of the puzzle. They're not always going to be buying silver, but they're buying silver. So if it gets, so they didn't buy, in 2023 this year, they were buyers. They just weren't that big a buyer. They have seasonality that they buy for holidays, Diwali, what have you. Um, but they didn't buy as much. And so now here we are back here. So I think they're going to be buyers down here again. And if not here, then lower. But the point is, it's it's this, it's buying. That silver's gone. Bye-bye. All right. So Rick's style buying is to buy dips, not rallies. They buy when you buy. What is silver worth? Okay. This is what bullion banks think. <laughs> a little bit humorous here, but this is applying trading ranges to silver. Okay. So and here's a weekly chart. And what I'm trying to show you here is that when you're in a trading range, banks are happy, right? Banks want it to be down here and as high as there. So I'm a bank trader. I will tolerate this. I'll buy it here. I'll sell it there. I'll buy it here. I'll sell it there. That type of stuff, right? This up here, <clears throat> that's when they panic. That's when you have the tamping. Right. The uh, that goes back over to over to here uh, when Chris brought up the uh, when Chris noted the the tamping because it got out of control. Uh, that's when the bullion banks really step on it. And if it gets above there, that's when they call mommy, mommy being the CFTC, uh, who will then uh, influence exchanges to raise margin requirements, which should happen anyway, but not the way they do it. Okay, preferable. Preferable, this range is still in the trading range, right? But they're more comfortable with it here. And down here, this is where the bricks buy, okay? So up here, this is where the CFTC steps in. And down here, this is where the bricks buy. You didn't used to have this down here. Now you have it. So that's why the market doesn't go down here as frequently as it used to. Anyway, what is silver worth? That is what bullion banks think. That is how they engage, Paper silver. We're not. We know what it's worth in real life, but that's how it trades. Remonetization of silver comes after gold. Why India and China bought? Okay, and most people that talk about China's buying will say China's buying because of solar panels because it's industrial, and that's true. Uh, but we've done an ex not an expose, but uh, by and and myself uh, wrote a piece uh, on. Um, uh, China buying silver. And it's who that buys the silver that matters, not how much is being bought. And in, that's a flow trade. And the buyers of the silver in China was a company, and I may be butchering their name, Chengtong. And Chengtong is one of those huge companies, like the Japanese Kuritsus. I'm not sure what they're called in China. There's probably a word for it, but just call it a conglomerate. They buy and they make solar panels. They buy and they also have an investment division. They buy for, they buy on behalf of the government of Japan. They are an investment fund for the government of Japan. All the silver they're buying doesn't add up to solar panels. They're also buying to own it. Why is India buying it? Well, India's not a big solar panel maker, at least not yet. India's a big silver buyer, but not like not like we saw last year, right? They're gold guys. So why are they buying so much silver? I initially thought they were buying, I had a tinfoil hat on. I said, oh, maybe they're buying some for Russia because Russia doesn't have access anymore, et cetera, et cetera. Well, whether they are or they aren't, that doesn't matter. The point is other BRICS countries are buying silver when China is buying silver. And that's because they're not creating solar panels. They're going to remonetize these. Now, what do I mean by that? In 2023, at the August, it was August, the August summit, uh, the BRICS 
uh, were given marching orders, right? And the marching orders for all the BRICS, uh, China and Russia, probably not so much, was get your financial houses in order and start to make a list of the assets that you have on your country's balance sheet that you wish to be considered for collateral in this new BRICS world. And that means, do you have gold? That's on your list. You know, do you have Pokemon? That's on your list. Are we going to accept Pokemon? No, we're not. But, you know, that's what you make. You've got to try and get it in there. Well, if you're a country with a lot of silver, you're going to say, well, we want silver to be monetized. Pretend you're you're Brazil. Brazil's got silver, right? Pretend you're Mexico. Pretend you're Argentina. Now, they're not all necessarily in the BRICS, but if they go into the BRICS, they're going to say, well, it's collateral, right? I don't really have a lot of gold, but I got a lot of silver. China's like, yeah, we don't have a problem with silver. We like silver, right? India's like, oh, shit. Well, you know, if if these countries have silver, then we want to buy more silver. China, if silver's going to be on the list and it's going to be on the list, China's buying silver. Russia's buying silver. We don't see it, but they're buying it. Latin American countries that are part of it, silver. Other things will be on that list too. Uh, government bonds, they'll probably be laughed at because, you know, you know, nobody wants government bonds from Brazil, at least not yet. We barely want them from China, but that's the idea. So the BRICS summit is going to be held in Kazan, Russia. It's the first summit with expanded members. See these countries? Saudi Arabia, gold and silver. UAE, gold and silver. Iran, gold and silver. Argentina, well, they may not be in this one this year, right? Well, supposedly they're not, right? Silver. Egypt, gold and silver. Ethiopia, gold and silver. Uh, and these other countries are going to try and throw their oil in there as well for collateral, but that's not, you can't measure oil like you can measure gold and silver, okay? Russia, India, China, South Africa, boom. So now it's a BRICS 11, all right? So the remonetization of silver comes after gold. They've all already agreed on gold. Silver's a little bit, silver's a lot harder, but it's still easier than everything else on the planet, okay? So Silver is being softly remonetized. I told you gold will be remonetized. I told you that two years ago before we all got to know each other. And it happened. It's happening. It's happened. Okay. It's remonetized as a store of value collateral at every central bank in the world. Just because they're not advertising it doesn't mean they're not doing it. Silver's next. Are central banks going to be buyers of silver? Eh, probably not. They're probably going to be holders of gold. But nations will nations with bigger vaults, you know, I'm not going to put it in my central bank vault, but I've got plenty of vault space. You got plenty of space in China to store your silver. You got plenty of space. You can you got plenty of space in the United States. Sure, there's some empty warehouses we could use. Anyway, that's it. Here's the last thing, and this is kind of new, and I've been working on this and 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 studying it. One of the keys because of the industrial demand for silver is China, right? China is making, I don't know, 80, 90% of solar panels. That's one thing. The next thing is you're going to see, just as an aside, Japan and other countries are going to start making, uh, I'm not sure where they, I know where they are. I'm not sure where they are in in uh, rolling it out, but you're going to start seeing more hydrogen, uh, which means you're going to have silver in fuel cells to replace platinum, palladium, and that's going to compete. Toyota, is going to have the hydrogen car. And if it doesn't blow up, and if it does work, that thing is going to compete with your standard EVs. And that thing is going to eat a lot of silver. How do I know that? Because I studied it back. <laughs> when I started trading silver in 93, I studied the US. Uh, the, the lunar probe had 
had fuel cells and had batteries made of silver. So the technology has been out there forever. They just haven't been able to use it because it's so big. It's so heavy. You know, you could put it in a lunar rover. You couldn't put it in, in the back seat of your car. Anyway, so uh, that's the industrialization aspect of silver. So what's the point? The point is China's got some serious troubles right now. They have a real estate market that continues to collapse. Their shadow banking or their, you know, their, 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 hedge fund type of operational of, of banking is taking on a lot of water. And eventually they're going to have to stimulate, stimulus, whatever the word is. On top of that, they're going to need to do that because they need to internationalize the yuan. So they need to print more yuan, but they don't want to print it too fast because they're worried about manipulation of the currency, but they need to do it for their domestic economy. So it's going to happen, okay? And the, the question is, when is it going to happen? We don't know. Last year, Goldman and the other banks were telling you it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Now they don't know. They don't know. They didn't know. They don't know the insides of China. I probably know it as well as they do, which is, you know, that's not saying much. Anyway, so there's a there's a there's an investment manager who travels a lot. And uh, I read this today, so I'm sharing it with you. Uh, this is on the China stimulus. He doesn't talk about silver. I do. But it, it applies to silver. Here we go. For two decades, with every Chinese slowdown, global investors feared some kind of economic political implosion. But each time, Beijing kept the plate spinning. The economy was supposed to boom once the draconian COVID lockdowns ended, but it did not. Now youth employment is 20% plus. The fertility rate has collapsed to 1.09. Young people are abandoning their private sector dreams and applying for government jobs at record numbers. Many are lying flat in quiet protest. This should not be happening. These are all tells. Xi cannot afford a social economic implosion. So more stimulus is coming. He's not saying when. But he's on the ground. He goes to these places. He's not just talking from an ivory tower, okay? And people think that uh, Xi is like an emperor in China. He's not. You know, he almost lost his job during COVID. You know, the... China is a nation of revolution. And if he does a bad job, he's out, you know? I mean, you know, he may have a mandate for five years, but at the end of those five years, you know, if if he didn't handle COVID well, they would have replaced him, okay? They would have. The elder elders would have gotten him out. Anyway, the point is he does need to stimulate. When, I don't know when. How, I don't know how, but he's going to do it. And when he does it, you're going to see the price of silver, the price of copper, and probably to a lesser extent, the price of gold go up. So that's it. Silver's down 19 cents. Gold's down $22. And those are the things that I'm looking at for next year. It's 9.50 now. This is a long one, I think. Hopefully you've enjoyed it. Uh, hopefully you'll get something out of it. But, you know, step back a little bit, right? Stack at $18. Laugh at when it goes to $20 afterwards. And brag when it goes to fifty dollars because I think next year, I think I think next year after October, if the bricks do their thing, silver is going to break that thirty dollar area, and then who the hell knows where it's going to go? And what what I mean by that is fifty won't matter if it gets above thirty this time, in my opinion. Have a great day. Well, thank you, Vince, and thank you to Miles Franklin who brought us today's show and is currently running a special on one ounce silver Trump wanted for president bars for only 315 over spot 
and to get a commemorative silver piece at a low price, get your Trump one ounce silver bars by emailing Arcadia at milesfranklin.com. Happy to get back to you, answer any questions you have. Thanks as always for tuning in, and we will see you again tomorrow.